This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Speaking of Asia, a podcast by The Straits Times. This is Ravi Velour, and I am an associate editor and Asia columnist for the paper. This episode was recorded in Paris, hours after France and the European Union co-hosted the inaugural Indo-Pacific Forum on February 22nd. My guest today is EU Commissioner for International Partnerships, Jukta Urpilinen. Commissioner Urpilinen is the key European official in charge of the EU's Global Gateway Strategy that was launched on the 1st of December. Global Gateway aims to mobilize up to 300 billion euros in investments between now and 2027 to underpin a lasting global recovery. It is pitched as a template for quality infrastructure, respecting the highest social and environmental standards. In short, it is the EU's response to China's Belt and Road Initiative. Commissioner, welcome to the Speaking of Asia podcast. Nice to meet you. Commissioner, you know, it's been three months uh, since you spoke about Global Gateway. Mm -hmm. What has changed in these three months? Has anything changed? Well, um, in December, we adopted uh, this Global Gateway strategy. And the um, main objective of, of this strategy is to accelerate green and digital transitions globally. Mm. Because those have been uh, top high priorities within Europe for us. We want to you know, promote green and digital transitions in our member states. So we want to be coherent and also support our partners, including in the Pacific region, in these transitions. And um, of course, since December, we have reached out our partners, which just had last week Africa-Europe Summit in Brussels, where we had 40 leaders from, from, from Africa, but also 27 leaders from, from EU, uh, to discuss on, on, on global gateway, of course, but there were several other topics as well, including pandemic and, and so forth. And I would say that this Indo-Pacific Forum is, of course, on another occasion where we can explain to our partners in the Indo-Pacific region that what is our aim, uh, what do we want to uh, achieve in a way with this strategy and how can we work together. Because um, from our perspective this strategy is a kind of positive offer. So we, um, we see that uh, we are able to uh, boost Three, up to 300 billion euros investments in the over the next seven years, uh, mainly focusing on hard and soft connectivity. But of course, in order to succeed, we need our partners' commitment also to those projects. So, from our perspective, it's a it's it's a positive offer, which is very much uh, based on our values. Uh, also very high uh, quality standards in terms of uh, environment and, and, and social and labor standards. 
but now it depends on our our partners also including in in in, uh, in the pacific regions which projects then we decide to implement because this is a kind of global gateway is a framework and we have a defined a certain objectives it gives us an opportunity also to define a certain flagship projects and initiatives but then which one we are able to implement and we will implement it depends on our partners sorry that it was a bit long answer but i wanted to explain you this uh... it's perfectly fine <laughs> um, commissioner you in fact touched upon something i would have asked you myself yes which is there are doubts uh, whether you can really raise 300 billion euros that's our objective and uh, we find it realistic because we have to understand that it's not only public financing so uh, the the whole concept is created so that there is a public financing from the eu budget there is also public financing from our member states budget but we also count a lot uh to our financial institutions contributions because you know that the european investment bank who was who has been here as well uh so they are our our or it's our great partner but also the different national development banks and financial institutions so the idea is that we can kind of catalyze so that we for instance the european uh union give a guarantee for the European Investment Bank which then can give a loan to a private company who wants to invest in in the Pacific region so this is a concept which consists of uh, public and private financing and uh, and financing from the EU budget but also from the member states so this is a kind of team Europe approach so member states the commission and the financial institutions working together and we find it realistic to have Three, uh, three up to 300 billion euros globally over the next seven years. It can be done. Yes. Interesting. And the needs are even bigger than that. So. Absolutely, <laughs> Commissioner. If you look at your program from the Indo-Pacific, uh-huh. uh, you might excuse me for saying that it looks a bit too tilted towards Africa. Uh, you know, you already mm. talked mm. about 200 billion to Africa. 150. 150 to Africa. Half of it. So we have uh, until now we have launched this uh, 300 billion globally and half of that. So 150 goes to Africa. So that was the um, the first regional plan we announced actually uh, ahead of the uh, Africa summit. The rest of the fund 150 uh, we don't have a clear break on breakout yet. So we don't know exactly, you know, what is the figure for in the Pacific. but we know already that through our programming exercise so through our developing cooperation funding for instance um there are over 2 billion euros uh financing for connectivity in, in the pacific region that's only for connectivity in the in the pacific region so this is a, these, these figures we know but not the uh, what will be the overall figure for for in the pacific and um <clears throat> why we don't have that is because now we have to define the concrete projects and flagships for the indo pacific i give you one example 
uh, Singapore, so your home country. I assume that you you come there. Uh, just signed last week. Was it last week? Yes. Last week, uh, this kind of um, digital partnership agreement with the EU. So the idea is that we want to strengthen our cooperation and partnership between Singapore and European Union in terms of digital digitalization. This is a kind of, a, you know, political announcement. This is a kind of political commitment. But then we have to very concretely define that, okay, what are the concrete projects under the digital partnership? So what shall we do in our cooperation? Uh, so it will, of course, take a little bit time in order to define those projects. And then, because we work in, a, in, in this new concept where the member states, who are, for instance, uh, based in, in, uh, in Singapore, or who, who has uh, embassies in Singapore, Singapore, or who would like to you know, be, be part of this digital partnership, they also need to be able to contribute that. So that's why you know, we are not able to explain you a concrete breakout of the projects or the figures. But we can, we can tell you that there are certain policy priorities for this Indo-Pacific uh, partnership. And definitely one is connectivity. So uh, I would say digital connectivity, which was, I actually chaired today the, one of the roundtables, because you know that we had three thematic roundtables and uh, with my, with my uh, colleague, Foreign Minister of Singapore. And if I think about that discussion, which is of course confidential because um, it was a in-camera discussion, but I can say that um, foreign ministers from Indo-Pacific, but also from Europe, very much highlighted, of course, their commitment uh, to the global gateway. And, and from the Indo-Pacific region, they very much welcomed this new strategy, but also the need for digital, human-centered, digital partnership. Then also energy transition was very much mentioned. That's in a way the second priority for the region. How to, you know, what kind of transition we have towards re renewables. And, and then the third priority was very much human development. So this kind of a soft connectivity, education, training, mobility, Erasmus Plus program, and also health. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. And now, back to my conversation with EU Commissioner for International Partnerships, Jukta Urpelinen. Commissioner, it's impossible to talk on this subject without bringing up this big subject of China. Mm -hmm. Some people might think your ambitions are fairly modest compared with at least what was announced from uh, Beijing. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what makes you different from the Chinese BRI project? We have created, from our perspective, you know, we, we see that we wanted to make a positive offer to our partner countries. And of course, we see that there are other actors in this world, like China, who, you know, have their, their own strategies and their own offers, so to say. Our offer is very much based on our values. 
because the European Union is the community of values. That's the base of our basis of our our community. So we promote democracy, we promote human rights, we promote rule of law, which will be on agenda today very much because of the Ukraine and Russia, and uh, and then we also very much promote high quality standards. And this was also actually mentioned today in our roundtable discussion that that ministers very much underline the need for high and good quality. So those, you know, investments we are providing, for instance, to Indo-Pacific, they need to be, you know, good quality, high quality uh, uh, invest- investments in terms of environment, but also in terms of social and labor standards. So this is a kind of package, in a way, that there, it's a, it's a kind of a, how would I say, It's a kind of coin with two sides. On the other hand, we offer financing for our common per- objectives. But the, the other side of the coin is our values and our principles. Uh, I'm not sure the other actors in that region, for instance, China are you know, promoting a similar kind of approach. So I think... Um, This, 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 this is the concept of the global gateway. Uh, of course, I need uh, understand that uh, needs are huge. On, not only because of uh, COVID-19, you know. Uh, I mean, if you look at the recovery needs, they are huge. But also, I mean, how to fight climate change, all this uh, challenge relating to digitalization, how to, you know. Uh, fulfill the the, the, the the digital gap. So uh, I would say that uh, from my from our perspective, this is the best offer we can we can we can make. You, I'm sure you're aware that uh, Japan, for instance, has said that they are happy to try and work with China's BRI project. Do you foresee? Any likelihood of the EU cooperating with China's BRI, or would it be a standalone program? Or, for that matter, would you think of cooperating with other actors in the Indo-Pacific? Uh, you know, the United States has recently mm. come out with yeah. uh, a common prosperity theme. Yeah. Do you see opportunities to work with any of these players in the Indo-Pacific? I do, and actually, in the uh, G7 framework. We have discussed a lot on on, 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 on on these different investment projects because the U.S. they have their own build back better world. Uh, the U.K. they are having their own clean, uh, clean green uh, initiative. So of course we see a lot of room for cooperation between these di- different initiatives. You know that we also adopted a new Indo-Pacific strategy uh, last year. And of course, this uh, I would say that this global gateway is uh, very much in uh, in coherence to that, so that there are certain uh, similar objectives. So um, now the U.S. they launched their own Indo-Pacific strategy. So of course, especially in the in uh, in 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 terms of uh, G7, we are very much working together. So I would say that we share very many objectives, but then we have our own 
initiatives and, 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 and programs. And the one with China will run in parallel. You would not think of anything at this point. I think it depends on, on uh, you know, standards and, 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 and principles. Uh, so um, if they are able to fulfill the eligibility criteria, for instance. So, um, so I, I would say that it depends very much on that. You know, the, uh, the China-Russia joint statement was the first time that the maritime dimension was brought into their relationship and made official. How does that complicate things for the EU in the maritime space, in the connectivity? And secondly, one of the offshoots of this growing relationship between China and Russia is the opening of the Northern Sea Route, the Arctic Route. Mm. How does that affect the game in the Indo-Pacific? Mm. Well, um, I would say that uh, we cannot prevent different international actors and players to take their own decisions. If Russia and China wants to work together, they are allowed to work together. We cannot pretend, uh, prevent that or, or exclude that. I think what is important is that uh, we as the European Union, we have a you know clear idea what we want to offer to our partners in that region. And uh, you know, while participating in this uh, forum today, I was very delighted to know this, that uh, there is a strong commitment from the Indo-Pacific ministers, because we have many quite, you know, good representation of the uh, Indo-Pacific region, but also from the EU side to strengthen the cooperation in, in that region, in, in many areas, not only the connectivity, but there are, you know, several sectors where we want to want to uh, strengthen our and, and enforce our, our cooperation. I think um, this is something uh, which is which is priority for us. We see the importance of that region from many aspects, not only because of geopolitics, but uh, there are other reasons as well. And then, uh, of course, we need to follow what the others are doing. But I think uh, even more important to have your own clear strategy uh, and, and try to try to also implement that together with the partners because of course we cannot succeed without the commitment of our Indo-Pacific region's uh, partners' commitment. Commissioner, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Likewise, thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I'm Ravi Velour and this has been Speaking of Asia, a show which is part of the Asian Insider Podcast channel. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.